Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They rubbish. There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you. July 7, 2023. Friday edition of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen. Bright and early. Beautiful Friday morning. Hope your day is off to a great start. It'll be better if you pop into a Thornton's. Get you an 89-cent, 32-ounce soft drink. Save five cents off the gallon of gasoline every time you're at the pump. If you're a Refresher and Rewards member, your day will be better if you start it with Thornton's, just like it's going to be better because you started it with a little Kentucky roll call. Justin Kalen, how are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, It's Friday, so real excited about that. I am having trouble waking up today. I don't know what's really going on with that. I I went to bed plenty early. I think I was in bed about 9.30, uh, woke up. A little after six, so I should be well rested. But for whatever reason, my eyes just do not want to open today. We we still want to be in bed, so we're gonna power through. We're gonna we're gonna get through this two hours. Maybe I'll get a nap in between our show and then Denison before I got to produce there. So we'll we'll see what happens. I don't really need a nap. I just need to wake up. Maybe I should have stopped at Thornton's and got a Red Bull. That would have been a good call. Yeah, that's so uh, you, you you don't need a nap, but you need to wake up. Yes, yeah, I, I that's I yeah, I kind of talked myself out of the whole nap thing because I got plenty of sleep, so I shouldn't need a nap. I think maybe I just want a nap, but I I shouldn't need one for sure. So yeah, just just need a little caffeine in my life, I guess. I don't know what got into me last night. Uh, I slept um, amazingly. Come on, didn't didn't have any trouble falling asleep, and I I think. For the first time that I can remember in a long time, I think I slept through the night. I think wow. I woke up at, I think I woke up at six thirty and was like, Oh, this is awesome. That's like, big this, time for you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I try to think back if I like even had to get up to to use the facilities or anything like that in the middle of the night. And I don't think I did. So I feel great. Uh, I felt like I slept great. I don't I think that's a the correlation makes sense there, and I'm ready to do a little Friday radio. And we're going to do something a little different today. I, I don't have any expectations for it to any, be anything special or anything like that. We're going to do a phone line Friday. Oh, boy. So if you've ever wanted to call in to Kentucky Roll Call, today is your chance. Uh, we may do a few more phone line Fridays this summer. May not, though. May never do one again in the history of Kentucky Roll Call. 
can't really make any promises in that regard. But we are going to do it today. So if you want to call in, 502-384-1450 is the phone line. As always, though, and the reason why we never relied on the phone line was because we were probably setting ourselves up not to get a ton of phone calls. Uh, People aren't dying to call into a radio show at 7 a.m. or if they're part of the state, potentially 6 a.m. So we know that it's early. We know that the first thing you don't want to do when you wake up is reach on over to the phone and call or talk to somebody on the phone. Just something that's going out of style just as is, Scoots, is talking to people on the phone. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and with a few exceptions, there's a few people where if they call, I, I don't have any issues with with picking up the phone and chatting with them on the phone. But there, there's, I mean, it's probably about 90% though. Like if I get a phone call, I'm just going to want to let that bad boy play on through to the voicemail. And then they can either leave me a voicemail and I can determine if you're going to be getting a phone call back or not. Or you can just always shoot me a text, in which case, you know, I'll get back to you at some point. It's funny you bring that up because two nights ago, yeah, Wednesday night, I was reheating some food in my air fryer and I heard my phone ring in the living room and I was like who in the world could be calling me and I get over to my phone and it's my dad and so I answer and I'm like dad you I just want you to know you are one of the three people that could have called me right now and me answer (laughs) so yeah I I definitely get what you're saying I I don't like talking on the phone I'd I'd much rather text but I I get some people like to talk on the phone yeah and there's some conversations just easier to express on the phone than there are via text messages but it's just uh and I'm a, maybe I'm maybe I'm a little different because you're right. The majority of the people, like I said, I said probably about ninety percent of phone calls. I'm not overly interested in picking up. I'll let voicemail catch it and see if I'll call you back. But in that ten percent, I'd say almost like seven percent, maybe six percent of that ten percent where I will where I will answer the phone. Yeah, it's a large part just parents or family. Yeah. If your parents okay. call, you have to answer. There's that's if I've learned one thing in my life, if your parents are calling you, they're not always going to be around, so you better answer that phone call. Well, I got some bad news about everybody, including our parents. Yeah, I know, but no, like who are you closer with than your parents, you know, other than maybe your wife and child? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree with you there. Uh, we're going we're all going to go, but you're just saying your parents are going to go sooner. Yeah. You, I mean, well, I just, I just feel like parents are one of those things people take for granted. And I've, I've tried here in the last – I've really had a mindset switch up in the last, I don't know, three, four years when it comes to both my parents and my grandparents. I've just tried to get into a space where I feel like I'm appreciating them as much as possible while they're here because you never know when you're not going to have them, you know? So That's a good outlook, Scooch. You're, you're, you're exactly right about that, uh, that, that you, you should – it's good that you, you've come to that change in mindset. I, I would just, again, say that that's the case with everybody. You know, yeah. not any of us are going to be around forever, and you don't know when the last time you're going to talk with somebody, so it's always easy to be kind in that regard. Doesn't mean I'm going to pick up the phone for you. <laughs> uh, again, family, most likely, yes, you're right. And it's a good, that's a good rule to have there, Justin Kalen, our producer extraordinaire, and I'm TJ Walker. If you don't want to call in, 502 502- 414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll get to every text today, uh, and we'll have a good time doing it. Yeah, my situation a little unique because 90% of those calls are usually work calls, something about mm. a, a stupid appraisal or something like that. 
Uh, or spam. Spam calls are very popular nowadays. Those are always annoying. Gives me more incentive to not pick up the phone for anybody. Just They've gotten out of control. That. Oh yeah, for sure. But they don't leave. They don't leave voicemails. No, and they so, well, they're doing the thing now. So my phone sometimes will pick it up as like a spam call or robo call or whatever it says. But then here lately, I've gotten three or four with actual names on them. Like it makes it look like it's a real person, and I, so I like sit there and debate. Well, do I pick it, pick the phone up for Mister Kevin? Oh no, Mister Kevin's probably spamming. If he needs something important, yeah, I'm I'm with you, TJ. Leave a voicemail. But on today's radio show, and we know it's early, but if you want to call on in, feel free. Five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty is the phone line. Get those phone lines and text lines mixed up. Pretty easy to do. Once four one four, once three one four, but uh, we'll we'll get it all figured out today. Man, TJ, and- Spears had a guest yesterday, and his number was, I'll leave out the middle three, but he had the 502 and then 1450 at the end. How weird is that? Well, there's only there's only so many combinations of what it could be there, those middle three numbers. Spears handed it to not- me, and I was like, wait, what? That's his number? Not- what, ge- what, what guess was it? I don't want to say now. Now you got me. Now you got me sketched out. I mean, I could probably just... I could probably look it on the old tweeter, right? <laughs> my, po- my point is, it, it, I don't think there's going to be too many KRC fans that are going to try to find these middle three numbers. And secondly, you could have left out the area code for what it was for. That's true. And I don't think, point being, I just don't think there's going to be a ton of detective Kentucky Roll Call listeners right now that are like, all right, I'm going to find <laughs> out who this guest is, and I'm going to... Give him a phone call. So, TJ, you would have really enjoyed this segment. It was actually Steve Bittenbender who writes for Kentucky oh, Gambling. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Now they're definitely going to look up Steve Bittenbender. It was great. Number. No, it was it was a great interview. He had a lot to say in terms of the timeline and when you'll be able to sports bet in Kentucky and whether it'll be on the phone or brick and mortar and all that. So it was it was an awesome interview. He He, he gave a lot of good information. I just plead to the KRC fans, please don't look up Steve Bittenbender's <laughs> phone number and give him a phone call. It's too early for it. The Kentucky Roll Call phone line's wide open. Steve wide Bittenbender's open. phone number, yeah, sure, you know that it ends in a 1450, but please don't waste the time <laughs> looking up those middle Steve, three numbers for Steve Bittenbender. Uh, Scoot, why well, fill me in, Scoot? When, what does Steve Bittenbender had to say? When are we going to be able to place a, a bet in the old Commonwealth of Kentucky? So he was basically saying that there is a meeting at Red Mile on Monday, and that is when pretty much everything after that meeting is going to start rolling. So he was telling Spears that he fully anticipates that you will be able to place a bet by week one of NFL whether that be brick or mortar or on your phone, he, he thinks that that's going to be a possibility. John also asked him about casino gambling. He acted like that was just going to be years and years and years away. Um, although he did bring up that Indiana is looking at next year adding online gambling. So like playing blackjack and all that online, which to me seems extremely dangerous. I think you could already do that. Not, not in Indiana, I can't. Well, old, the old Uncle Bo, Bovada, you could you could oh. hit up there online. Oh, you mean an illegal website? I can do that. Nice. Well, it's not totally illegal because I got money from them. So, Aunt, riddle me that, buddy. Seemed pretty legal to me getting that illegal money fun, funneled into my mailbox. But I've been off Uncle Bo for a good while now, unfortunately. Actually, pretty fortunate. DJ, we got uh, our first caller. 
Oh, well, that, that would explain why you went a little quiet there. That was, yeah. yeah. Sorry, um, I had to answer the phone. I'm, I'm working double duty today now that you open the phone lines. I've got to do that as I well. I did catch the tail end of that conversation about you all with the online gambling. I had some thoughts on that. Uh, all right, well, I still have a few other thoughts. You can leave the caller on hold for a second. Oh, it's we P. Diddy. Uh, He's fine. It's, it's Dugan on the phone? P. Diddy. Oh, P. Diddy. Yeah. No, then we can definitely hold. <laughs> No, no issues. He's no up issues early there. today. Yeah, he is. I wonder what's up. Maybe he just never went to bed. That's a possibility. Sure. I, you said that it, he said that it's a good possibility. Well, we know that that's a possibility. No, I, I, I phrased that wrong. I mean, it's going to happen. That's basically okay. what he said. Okay. Yeah. They're going to meet Monday, and then on Monday they're going to come out with a date, and that date will be before week one of the NFL. I don't know that they'll have a date after Monday. He just acted oh. like Monday is a huge meeting, and then once that meeting takes place, that's when the ball's really going to start picking up some steam going down the hill. Okay. Well, I, so. I, I hope so. And who cares about week one of NFL? Week one of college football. That's when we need That's when we need. Uh, John asked about NFL. I'm just relaying what was, what was asked. Yeah, don't yell at me. Don't shoot the messenger. We need it week one here in college football land. All right, let's go to the phone lines. P. Diddy from the big city. What's up, P. Diddy? Hey, just wanted to say good morning. Uh, just landed in Atlanta, uh, the heart of Chick-fil-A country. About to get my chicken biscuit, maybe some chicken minis. Get my day started off right. Maybe you should hit up a Thornton's then. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, P. Diddy, you know, Chipper yesterday. You know, Chick-fil-A is not a sponsor here. Uh, Yeah, but we're boycotting Canes. We started that on whenever we took over the Rutherford show. So Chick-fil-A is the next best chicken place, and I don't think we have any chicken sponsors, so I think we're good. Roosters, cluckers. P. Diddy. Fast food in the fast food sector. (laughs) The fast food chicken sector. P. Diddy, what's up, buddy? Uh, nothing much. Trey wants to talk to you, though. Well, what, what was the, why hey, did you call in? Just to, just to chat? Oh, Trey, we just landed and we were thinking of you, so we called, man. Well, thank you, Trey. <laughs> uh, I appreciate it. Are we not allowed to do that every now and then? Huh? What are you all doing in Atlanta? Uh, this is a layover for us. We're on the, we're headed to Boca. That's awesome. Well, it is awesome. Thank you. I, I hope you have fun. Safe travels. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, Always. We appreciate you taking our phone call. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Uh, all right, Scooch, go ahead and hang up. <laughs> Another example of why we don't always go out of our way to take phone calls. Call. That was a shining example. But it is phone, it is phone line Friday, so so go ahead and, 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 and hit them up. Uh, I don't. Where did they say they were going? Boca. That's what it did sound like. They said. What's, uh, what's Boca? Raton. <laughs> I think it's just south of Bofa. <laughs> what's Bofa? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! What Off a start! Great start. What By a the start. way, Nick Roush is on vacation. He's on a, like a six-day bachelor party, which just sounds not fun. Uh, at all, but he is in Charleston, South Carolina, which is a fun place to go. But he's been at it since when? Wednesday, right, Scooch? Yeah, that's when he left, yeah. I, mean, I just I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I, I imagine at this point, and I've seen some of his Snapchats and Instagram posts. They seem like they're getting after it. Mm-hmm. It's what people normally do on a bachelor party. 
But I imagine by today the group just has to feel not great. Well, see, I, I think I could do it. Cause, so my first bachelor, was it my first bachelor party? I think it probably was. The first time I went to Vegas, there was eight of us, and we went for five days. And that in Vegas time, that is just way too long. But in Charleston, South Carolina, to me, that's not long enough. I'd have no problem with that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think you. I don't know. I don't know if you would say that if you went through the old bachelor party rigmarole. It's not a lot of sleep. It's a lot yeah. of partying. Yeah, but you're not working. Yeah, you're not working. But sometimes it can kind of feel like work. Working on the liver. Working on the liver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, that's for sure. But he'll be back Monday, and we'll have the full gang back together. We did extend the invitation to Trevor Kelsey to join us this morning. I wouldn't rule out the possibility that at some point in the next hour and 40 minutes, he'll roll on over and, and will join us. Um, he did he did act like he would be joining us just off the get-go, although I think he never said definitively. Uh, but You, you, you know, said all the right all, things to him. That's all Trevor. You just really, you just really never... No, with him. We do have sports to get to on today's show, believe it or not. There's actually a a, a good deal of sports to get to. We've got a pop-in Thornton's text line already, 502-414-1450. We can always go to that as the show progresses on. Uh, And then whatever Scoot's got on his mind for for today's Friday as well. I know you've got a few topics you want to get to. I need help deciding what I want to do today. That's about it. Take a nap. You already said it. Oh no! So I, yeah, I don't. I'm playing in a golf scramble tomorrow at Old Cap. No big deal. Um, and it starts at like eight in the morning. So I'm kind of debating: Do I want to go over to my mom's today, like when I'm done with Spears and swim in the pool a little bit, relax, or do I want to go play golf after Spears and then go to my mom's, or do I just want to play golf and go home and wake up early? Yeah, I, I'm just I don't know what I want to do today. So I'm very indecisive today. Maybe that's has to do with me being. Not awake yet. Maybe that decision will come to me as the day goes along. But, yeah, it's, that's pretty much where my head's at. I think you should take it easy, Scoots. Just relax. Do nothing. Mm-hmm. Relax, no, do nothing. No pool, no golf. No pool, no golf. Just sit on the couch all day. Maybe drive on up to Lake Potoka. Ooh, I would love to. Check out that to. bald eagle. I would love to. Maybe I'll hit up my buddy. Maybe they're going out tonight. We'll see. What's the what's the score goal for the scramble tomorrow? Oh man, this is uh, by far my worst scramble every year. Not my personal worst, but in terms of my team, my I play with my sister, so she's really good. I'm pretty good in terms of scramble player. But then we've got my stepdad and my sister's husband, and they are not good. So I think last year we wow. were. I want to say we were two over. Uh, which was really, yeah, really, really disappointing finishing over par in a scramble. So anything under par this year, and I'll be pretty happy. Granted, TJ, last year we did have like an hour and a half delay to the scramble because it was just pouring down rain. So I want to say that had something to do with our score, but in all likelihood it did not. So, yeah, just give me anything under par this year, and I'm pretty happy. We would have been 15 under if not for that stupid Oh, yeah. No, I have no doubt in my mind. 
<laughs> but it's probably fun to use a bunch of your shots, I would imagine. It is. Yeah, no, it is. That's And that is that is a lot of fun because it's me and my sister are pretty much A players when on that team, and they're both F players. So it really is mine or my sister's shot every time. And one sometimes they'll pull out a shot every now and then, or they'll hit a putt, and it makes it a lot of fun. But, yeah, I – I do like having my sister on the team, though, because she gets that ladies' tee advantage, and she drives it pretty well just as far as I do as it is. Um, so, yeah, she's she's probably 1A. I'm probably 2A. Is that the way to say it? Yeah. Why don't, why don't you tell your brother-in-law and stepfather, like, take a hike? We're looking to we're looking to do some damage. Well, so because it's my stepdad, it's his like family's golf scramble. So we've been on his team, I guess, three four years now. It used to be me, him, my sister, and his son. And his son shoots in the seventies, so that team was pretty electric. But then I think his son saw the writing on the wall and was like, "Okay, we're never going to do anything with this team." And he went and joined a bunch of his buddies who. They they score pretty well now, so it was a good decision on his part. But yeah, we we miss him every year. Well, I hope you all have a real hoot. And oh, we will you go and you get into the red this year. That's that's the only goal. Uh, the I red rockets, will, yeah. you mean? I think the weather. I think the weather's <laughs> going to be nice. You won't have to worry about the big delays. Yeah, it, it's going to be nothing but but low scores for Team Scoots and Sister. That's right. To tomorrow. Well, that's exciting. All right, uh, we need. There's a couple different sports topics to get to uh, there's an interesting article about uk football the pros and cons there's a couple things that that stood out there it is peach jam time scoots and there's part of me that misses this week when i was a basketball recruiting analyst sure. definitely a part of me that doesn't miss it whatsoever but uh, there's a couple of interesting angles to peach jam basketball recruiting uk's 2024 efforts that 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 sort of stuff so we do have a lot of sports to get to on today's show we'll get to that when we return it is phone line friday feel free to call in 502-384-1450 or just hit up the thornton's text line 502-414-1450 it's tj walker and justin kalen on a friday edition of kentucky roll call on big Ash roll sports radio call. let's get it started let's get it started in here let's get it started ha. Let's get it started in here. Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here. Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here. Lose control of body and soul. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Donatella, Team Mobile. Three words for you. Treat yourself. Treat yourself 2011. Once a year, Donna and I spend a day treating ourselves. What do we treat ourselves to? Clothes. Treat yourself. Fragrances. Treat yourself. Massages. Treat yourself. Mimosas. Treat yourself. Fine leather goods. Treat yourself. It's the best day of the year. The best day of the year. Treat me right. Nothing wrong with a little Parks and Rec rejoin to get our Friday chugging along. We appreciate you listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio 96.1 on the FM side of things, 1450 AM on, well, the AM side of things. And the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, just search for 
Kentucky Roll Call. If you're in the search for amazing polarized sunglasses, but you don't want to pay the big designer price tag, easy solution. ShadyRays.com. Go to ShadyRays.com. Check out their amazing selection. They've got different sunglasses for every occasion and affordable pricing. If you're getting married and you're looking for a groomsman gift, Shady Rays, just get each and every one of them their own pair. They will absolutely love them. They'll cherish them. They'll look good on wedding day. And you won't break the bank on a on gifts for your groomsmen. Uh, and then also, when you buy them for your groomsmen, they get them. They're happy. They're ecstatic. There's so many different options and styles. You can get the replacement pair and get all those sunglasses just for yourself, and boom, you've got sunglasses for the next, like, five years or however long people can go without breaking their sunglasses because Shady Rays does a replacement pair promise. Anything happens to them, the sunglasses you buy from ShadyRays.com, they're going to replace them for you. And nothing really even has to happen to them. You could just want your pair resent to you. They'll do that. Small processing fee, bada boom, bada bing, you get your order sent right back to you. And save 25% off when you use promo code BIGX. 25% off when you use promo code BIGX at ShadyRays.com. All right, Scoots. All right. What do we got here? Um, Let's go football. Let's get football. Fo- football out of the way. All right. My guy, Justin Rowland, CatsIllustrated.com. He wrote an article making the case for and against Kentucky in 2023. The season is, what are we, month and a half, I guess, a little bit more than a month and a half away from the start of the college football season. I think the other day I saw it was like 59 days away. So just shy of two months from the start of the college football season. Expectations for Kentucky, this is a little, you know, this is where you kind of want football man Roush to give his take on it. But this is an interesting summer for UK because – there's been other years, and even last year, I'd say probably more so, but there's been years where it just kind of feels like the football program, things are buzzing, people are so excited, expectations are high. And it does feel like expectations are high for this year, but it's almost more of like a quiet optimism, which usually isn't the case with UK football fans, but or maybe a, a nervous optimism or a cautious optimism. I, I don't know exactly the word to use it, but normally you've got a quarterback that was one of the best in the ACC. He could have gone to the likes of Florida and pretty much anywhere else in the country with obviously probably about a dozen exceptions or so. Uh, And he picked Kentucky. He he wanted to come to UK. He came to UK because he liked the offensive coordinator that was going to be in place here. And Liam Cohen, who had a great success rate, his one year being a college offensive coordinator at the university of Kentucky. You've got one of the best young receiving cores and probably just one of the best receiving cores in college football. Danke and Barry and Brown were great as freshmen, 10 total touchdowns between the two of them. They're back for a sophomore campaign, and they've got a quarterback that's probably more accurate than the quarterback they had last year that just got drafted in the in the NFL draft. Running back, you're replacing Chris Rodriguez, and that's going to be challenging. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Offensive line, quite literally, could not be much worse than it was last year, but that's still a big position of need. It's still an an area to be concerned. I think that's probably part of the reason why UK fans aren't pounding. There's two reasons why. There's a few roster questions. I think that's part of the reason why UK fans aren't really pounding their chest going into this season. But the bigger part is, Scoots, the schedule. And 
We are going to talk about how hard this schedule is for UK. We're going to talk about it before the season starts. We'll talk about it while the season's going on. You're not even close to the end of UK football schedule talk. But, Scooch, that being said, when you get it on paper, it really is insane. Yeah. I mean, anytime you get Georgia and Alabama in the same year, that's that's pretty brutal. And then having to go where y'all go to Mississippi State, Louisville, of course, as we know, is going to be favored over you all. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough schedule. <laughs> uh, Mark Stoops never won at Mississippi State. I believe UK football has lost 15 straight SEC West road games, wow. which is an ugly little piece of history. They had the, the go-ahead touchdown down in Oxford last year, and it didn't uh, it didn't count, unfortunately, for UK. But I do – and so so Justin Rowland's article, he's talking about the, the cases for and against, and I kind of just uh, touched on them a little bit in my rant there about the football season. Some cases for quarterback, similar to what I just had had said in the wide receiver room. He mentions the front seven for UK defensively should be maybe the best in the Soup's era. All things that are true. Uh, but I, I can't help to come back to one of his cons for UK, and that's what I'm talking about now, and that is, that is, that is the schedule. I think that's part of the reason why you don't have UK fans going bonkers heading into this year, because this should be a good team, and this could be in the conversation for Mark Soup's best team at UK. It, it is it? Be. Is it the schedule, TJ, or is it the fact that you all were thinking 10 wins last year and only ended up with, what was it, eight? I think, was it seven? Oh, seven? But, yeah, even worse. Uh, I mean, because like this, the whole snake bit thing, it definitely plays a factor in terms of the next season. That, that definitely could, that could be it. I wasn't saying UK was going to win ten games last year for what it was worth, but people <laughs> were people were excited about it. And that's yeah. that's uh, you know what I said that is that even last season there was more optimism going in. The snake bit part, I don't know. I, you know, there's there's a lot that you, it probably is to each and every individual UK fan, and you'd have to. There's no right answer is probably the, the the truthful thing here. But there's a couple different things. I think you're right from the snake bit aspect in the sense that. Nobody anticipated – people thought UK's offensive line was going to take a small step back. It took a Grand Canyon leap backwards last year, and that was surprising to a lot of folks. So th that aspect of it, maybe so. And also just think, too, and this is a credit to Mark Stoops, and I this is another broken record thing that I'll go about, but just the expectations have changed. The whole mood around UK football yeah. has changed. Winning eight games, even with the schedule being so tough, that should that should just be the norm. That's not going to get people going crazy if UK just goes out there uh, at the beginning of the Stoops era. It was we got to get back to bowl games. You got to get back to having postseason play. That's big for the program. But ever so slowly and ever so steadily, he has made improvements to that. Where like six wins is not good enough. Seven wins is not good enough. And I think maybe that's part of the reason why why some UK fans aren't going absolutely nuts going into the season is because it could be a team that if the breaks go their way that you know they could win nine games, but the schedule's so difficult too that like potentially going six and six while being underwhelming and disappointing is not probably and totally impossible. Because, again, let's just look at the final seven weeks of this schedule. Starting in October, 
Once the calendar turns to October, it's nothing but challenges for UK. At Georgia, the number one team in the country, you just you're just unfortunately for UK and you're just not winning that game. Mm-hmm. So it stinks to like have an automatic loss on the schedule. I think Kentucky could be competitive in that game. I hope to be totally wrong and that I'm surprised by it, but Georgia's just been an absolute machine the last two years. Well, I mean, they only beat you all by 10 last year, and you were talking about that weak offensive line. So if if that makes just a little bit of a jump back fo- forward in the right direction, who knows what that game – I mean, I, I, I wouldn't – it's it's easy to sit here and say that that game's a write-off game, but I don't know that it necessarily is. I mean, sports are crazy. You know that, TJ. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. And the, in the – in the guy, in the, you know, in the umbrella of that, sure, Kentucky could go. There have been bigger upsets. UK, Mark Stoops have had bigger upsets. They're they're not going to be twenty seven and a half point underdogs in that game. And Kentucky and Mark Stoops have won as twenty seven and a half point underdogs before. So yes, in in that umbrella, sure. And Kentucky has been competitive with Georgia, but it's almost kind of like the six foot eight kid that has the six foot three kid guarding him yeah he's probably going to score when he wants but this like six foot three six foot four kid has a lot of heart and a lot of energy and he's scoring on him too which is probably a bad analogy just because like the uk georgia games are usually very very low scoring but this is just hang with me here and you know the six foot eight guy is like, hey, this kid's kind of tough. But when he needs to turn it on, he's just going to win. Like yeah. that's kind of what it's felt like the Georgia Kentucky series has been, where Kentucky's been tough, and it's probably made Georgia do some double takes of like, hey, whoa, whoa, okay, we need to let's get our stuff together. Let's 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 buckle down. We need to make sure we get out of here with a win. But when they do, they just seem to find a way to do enough to extend the lead to ten or to win by 13 or 14 or 17, where it's not a blowout, but it's also not like Kentucky necessarily had the ball with a chance to win in the final minute or so. So sure. I do think it's a write-off, unfortunately. I hope that to be wrong about that. I feel like for the most part in the Stoops era, we've eliminated those like, well, you ain't winning that game. Uh, but that one, again, scoot your right. Anything can happen. But that's, that one's probably a loss. Okay, so then the next week you got Missouri at home. Needs to be a win, but it's a it's not like an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. That's going to be a good Missouri team, especially defensively. That'll be a tough one. Then you get Tennessee coming to town. Tennessee, top 10 team. They're going to have one of the best offenses in the country. It's not a good time for UK secondary to be bringing in two new cornerbacks and replacing Carrington Valentine and uh, Smith, Kedron Smith, who did a lot of really nice things for you in the secondary last year. Uh, that's going to be a really tough game, even though it's at home. But Halloween the, weekend, it's going to be a great crowd. It's going to be a, it's going to be a challenge. Well, those new guys will have had seven games under their belt by that point, right? Or six? Like, that could be that could be a good or a bad thing, though, right? True. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, could be challenging. All right, so then you you move on at Mississippi State. We talked about that earlier. They're probably they've got top twenty five talent. They're bringing a new coach and they're doing a new system. Obviously, but Stoops at some point has to find a way to win in Starkville. Got to find a way to to beat Mississippi State on the road. It's a program that UK fans feel like they've kind of gotten their chin above Mississippi State here in the SEC pecking order. Then find a way to beat them at their place. Uh, you've got Alabama the week after that. I mean, this is just like back-to-back-to-back weeks. You do have a buy in between Missouri and Tennessee, but just brutal. Alabama going to be a top-five team. If at not that point, nobody would be surprised if they're not the number-one team in the country potentially by then. Uh, 
that's going to be uh, – it's at home, so I won't, I won't say it's a write-off quite like Georgia. And if you're going to get Alabama any given year, the year that they're seemingly scrambling at the quarterback position may be the time to do it. Also, if the ball doesn't bounce Alabama's way and they have you know two or three losses at that point, <gasps> gas. But they're out of the national title hunt. Potentially, you could get them where they're not, quote-unquote, playing for a lot. Uh, but I don't, I don't expect that to be the case. Then at South Carolina, and South Carolina is going to have top 25 talent in this season. <laughs> this is coming off the Alabama game. This is coming off the Mississippi State Road game. This is coming off the Tennessee game. It's just going to be a tough one. It's going to be, I think, South Carolina senior day. That's going to be a tough place to play. And then the road game at Louisville, while Kentucky has completely and totally dominated the series here, as we often bring up and we're very happy to bring up, it's a different era for UofL. And Brom has gotten the talent level at a pretty good spot and he's a pretty competent coach unlike Scott Satterfield so I still think UK should win that game and in the span of these games I think there should be there better be there better be several wins there uh, or else this season's not going to be anything close to what UK fans want but there better be several wins there and I do expect L to be one of them uh, and then the road games at Mississippi State and at South Carolina and you got to take care of business versus Missouri at home uh, but that lead you, you know kind of leaves that Tennessee game as a toss-up and Mississippi State as a toss-up and South Carolina as a toss-up, but assuming you're going to lose to Alabama and assuming you're going to lose to Georgia, how many more losses can you afford, Scoot, before you say that the season was underwhelming? But then again, I just detailed the schedule for you, and that's not to include the the Florida game, which is the week before the Georgia game. I probably should have lumped that one in there, even though it is a, road, a home game for UK. Yeah, even if Georgia and Alabama don't go your way, and that's totally understandable. Tennessee gets you narrowly, and then you lose at South Carolina. Right there, that's four losses, Scoots. Yeah. I mean, well, good news for you. The same dweeb that said Louisville would be favored in all 12 of their games has Kentucky favored nine. So you would think Louisville, Alabama, and Georgia are the only games they're underdogs in. Yeah, but we've established that guy is a dweeb. That doesn't do anything for that doesn't do anything for anybody, does it? That's true. Yeah, no, I I am glad to take it back a little bit though, TJ, that you brought up expectations when it comes to the football team because I I think you worded it better than I was thinking about it. I was thinking more so that Kentucky fans have just gotten used to the success under Mark Stoops, but expectations changing is a better way to put that. So yeah, I mean, I think that probably has a little bit to do with with coming into the season, the hype not being there as well. I think we answered our own question is that like, I think the reason that you're not having UK fans be over the moon. And I think Lucy's excited. She about agrees. It. Yeah. But I think the reason that you don't have them like really pumping their chest is the exact thing that we just did. The exact exercise we just did. You go through the schedule and it's like, man, that UK football team could be really good. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at the schedule and you've got five ranked opponents in a six-week span, and that's not including Missouri or Florida, which could make that six and a seven or six and an eight, or potentially, you know, they all could be ranked. It's not impossible that they're all ranked. Uh, And that's not even including Louisville, who at the end of the season playing their god-awful ACC schedule, they probably will be ranked. So it's not impossible that UK will finish the year playing five ranked teams for sure. It could be six, it could be seven, and it could be eight. It's not impossible if Florida, Missouri, and and Louisville can get ranked. The other ones, I think, could be as well. It's not impossible that UK finishes this season with eight straight games against ranked teams. And 
in our wake. It's unheard of. It is unheard of, in my opinion, that that could be a reality, but it really could be here. In our way too early season predictions, in your humble opinion, what is the absolute ceiling for this team? If everything clicks and the ball bounces their way and everybody stays healthy that needs to stay healthy, I would say in a dream season, 10 and 2. You, you you don't see eleven and one as a possibility. You don't you don't think no. there's a chance to get Alabama or Georgia. No, I no. You're not getting Georgia. I mean, I I, I hate that you're kind of like painting me in that negative. Oh, no, no, like, no, no, no. I mean, you're, you're not winning in Athens against Georgia, the number one team. You're you're part of ninety eight percent of the Kentucky fan base, probably. And you're probably not beating Alabama. But even if you do beat Alabama, are you? If you yeah, you're not going eleven one. Unfortunately, if you go eleven and one, you're in the college football playoffs, yep. or you're in the SEC championship game. Either or. So Wait, is this thing. is this the year we're expanding the playoffs? No, next. Year. Oh, okay. I was gonna say ten and two probably get you in. Ten and two in the expanded playoff with this schedule would a hundred percent get you in. That yeah. is kind of the exciting part about uh, the future of of the college football playoffs and an expanded SEC and UK football continue to take some some steps. Where it's like you know, even nine and three when the college football playoff expands, there's a case, you, yeah, yeah, you could have a case. Uh, you definitely could have a case, especially a schedule like that. And then just one more thing, and I'm, people are probably sick of the schedule talk, but it it really does put like a lot of pressure on those first four games, which three are against garbage teams. You should win. There's not going to be any. You shouldn't really even be sweating them out, but. There's going to be pressure in one to look good. You don't need to look good for four quarters and all of them, but you need to make sure that like by the end, by that Akron game and week three, that you're kind of clicking, which is asking pretty early in the season to kind of get going. And then more importantly, not like pressure into those games. You know if you were to slip up and lose or be upset by one of those three teams, then the whole season is just you're kind of throwing up the white flag and just seeing what happens at that point. But you just need to stay healthy. You, you need you want to get through those games as cleanly and easily as possible, and you don't want any injuries. Uh, those are the games. Normally, you like to have those staggered where you have an Akron in November or you have Eastern Kentucky in late October, and it can be one of those games where it's like, yeah, we're going to start the starters in the first quarter, but then after that, we're going to take them out and just make sure that they're healthy and well-rested and all that fun stuff. Can't really do that this year, though, because you're also going to be trying to get everybody on the same page, get Devin Leary and Liam Cohen all synced up. So you're going to need the starters to be playing a fair amount. It doesn't mean maybe the whole game, but you're also – it's just tough in that regard. You'd, you'd like those kind of cupcake games to be staggered out. It's a, it's a wild schedule. It's unlike anything I can remember in U.K. football history, and uh, it's probably going to be more of the norm of what we're going to see, though. But even with the sense of just Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, Vandy to start, that's unique. We'll probably never see something like that again where it's just cupcakes, 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 easiest SEC opponent, and snap your fingers, gauntlet. Are are the, the cupcake teams normally not back-to-back-to-back for you all? Normally you'll get like two out of the first three, and sometimes even potentially maybe like three out of the first four. But no, you almost always have one thrown in later in the year. Interesting. Louisville's been that cupcake lately for Kentucky. <laughs> 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 but a douche. 
one more con that I thought that just uh, one more con that he brought up, and then one one uh, actually two more cons that he brought up, but one that people push back on, and I'm curious what UK fans think of it. Uh, he mentioned the secondary. I, I think that's, uh, and I already touched on that, I guess, a little bit. That's something that I am really nervous about, and the and the that's kind of the either the good thing or the bad thing, depending on which way you want to look at it. Glass half full, glass half empty. It's just such a dominant front seven for UK this season. It should be wrecking havoc. It, I think, is better than the Josh Allen front seven back in 2018. I think it's the the best group up front that Stoops has ever had. Is the secondary going to sabotage that? Is the secondary going to be so bad that it's not going to matter because teams just know, hey, as long as we bring in a few extra guys for protection, our wide receivers are going to be able to to school these new young DBs, these new young secondary members. Uh, that's a big concern, especially when you're going against so many good offensive teams and teams with such good wide receiving cores. That, that So you, you worry, like, is that going to ruin what could be Mark Stoops' best front seven? Or you could look at it like if this front seven was just a good or an average front seven, well, then your defense is probably just going to be pretty bad. So this might give you – it's probably a good thing. It gives you a fighting chance. It's definitely a good thing to have such a dominant front seven. Uh, but that's going to be interesting to see how that's going to work out. Teams are definitely going to be trying to throw on UK or get past the front seven with some delayed handoffs or screens or something like that and then just take your chances in the secondary because I think people are going to be wide-eyed and excited to go against them. The other thing, Scoots, is Justin Rowland said there's no proven workhorse at running back. And that's a concern because mm. Mark Stoops, for a large chunk of his career at UK, has had, unquote, a workhorse. Vinny Snell, Chris Rodriguez. But this year, he says UK doesn't have that. A lot of UK fans actually disagreed with him on that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I disagree, too. If you look at the running back room as a whole for Kentucky, I think it's probably – you add all those guys together, I think they're better than Chris Rodriguez combined. Now – how Kentucky uses them will be interesting for me. I don't. I, I imagine Ray Davis will be the lead guy, but he's he's just a little guy, so he's there, he's going to need some help in that backfield. And I can't think of the other running backs. Oh, you got McLean. Who else is there? I mean, the, the, Jefferson coming off. Yeah, injury. Jefferson. Yeah, McLean, and then you got the Somo fellow from NC State. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's four really good options if they rotate those guys, and I'm sure one of those guys will have their head above the rest when. We get to about game four or five, and, and he'll get the lion's share of the carries. But just having that rotation and that depth in the backfield, especially at a position where it's so injury-prone, knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't happen. But you just like to have those options. I, I do. I, I like this backfield better than just Chris Rodriguez, who, if we forget, had to miss four games last year. So, Great point, and good, good to bring that up. I guess it just kind of comes down to your definition of a workhorse. Uh, Davis is a proven SEC running back. He put up, he had 232 carries at Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt did not have a good offensive line. Uh, they were in and out with quarterback play. Unfortunately, with UK, we saw the not-so-good part of that, <laughs> or the good part for Vanderbilt, not-so-good for us. Uh, and he was the fourth leading rusher in the SEC last year. If UK had the fourth leading rusher in the SEC returning to UK, we and he had been in a UK jersey similar to how Benny Snell was and how Chris Rodriguez was, we'd be excited about that. Well, 
we've got the fourth leading rusher from another SEC team. He comes in, just puts on our jersey. We should be excited about that. Let's let's come full circle here. Back to the snake bit situation. Are we not excited about Ray Davis because of a guy like Severe Wheeler? Because he had all the credentials coming in as well, and he he let Kentucky fans down. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it certainly is apples and oranges when you're doing a cross-sport comparison like this. I like the way your brain's working on a Friday morning heading into the weekend. <laughs> I'd say the difference is people questioned Wheeler's fit from day one, despite his resume, because they worried about his inability to be able to shoot. Which all and inability to be able to finish at the rim too, because he's such a little guy. And both those things ended up being issues for Wheeler at UK from day one. It just like you could make a case it wasn't the most perfect fit. Now, when everybody was healthy and you had Kellen Grady and Davion Mintz and Ty Ty Washington and and Wheeler could just throw it out on the perimeter to pretty much anybody else who could knock down threes and everybody was healthy. That worked out all right. Mm -hmm. That was looking a little bit better. That got UK up to a two seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, But it was just kind of a fit thing. I think Ray Davis fits at UK already. Like, I don't think you're going to say, well, Ray Davis is a pass catching back and they're just not going to throw him the ball. You're not going to be able to use him properly. If he can run through holes, he's going to be used properly. And the question will be, is UK's offensive line going to be good enough to create the holes for him? But I think it should be at least as good, if not better, than what Vanderbilt had last year. And it better be better. I think it should be. Uh, And Ray Davis was able to do nice things from that. So I think it just comes back to your definition of workhorse. Benny Snell and Chris Rodriguez, if it was third and one, third and two, you just needed a couple tough yards. You could hand it off to them and you knew that they were going to get it. Do you have that confidence in Ray Davis? I I think it has to be earned. And you're going to get some cupcake games early on, as we've already mentioned, where you're going to be able to see some of that stuff. But it's going to have to be earned from him. And at that point, maybe the answer to the question is yes. Kentucky does have a workhorse on the roster. If he has to be by committee where you got to throw in Somo from NC State or Ramon Jefferson or you do need to throw in some special packages there for McLean, then that's the answer to your question is going to be no, you don't have a workhorse. And well, what does that mean for U.K. football? We'll have to find out. Well, and I think everybody's going to come back to, like, I, we want U.K. to be throwing more this year anyway. So if there's a year where you're not as confident about the running back position, and some may be confident, some may not be as confident, this is the year that it's probably going to be easier to ease them in is because you want Devin Leary throwing it to Dane Key and Barry and Brown and Tavion Robinson frequently. You want them to be getting the ball a lot. And you want Liam Cohen's offensive mind back there slinging it around a little bit. So that's probably a good thing, Scoots, that if there is any uncertainty at the running back position, this is the year where your pass catchers and your quarterback should be able to say, all right, we'll ease into it. We can get there when we get there. Yeah, absolutely. But in re- in regards to the running backs, do you have to have a workhorse if you've got a solid rotation and depth of four capable guys, I don't I don't know that you have to have a workhorse in that spot. Great point. I mean, another great point. I, I totally agree with that as well. Uh, it's just the, the difference is Stoops has always had it. True. At least since Kentucky football is elevated. He's always had that. I know I can hand it off to this dude, and he's going to get some tough yards. With Chris Rodriguez, it was also, I know I can hand it off to this dude, get a few tough yards. He also may fumble. Oh, or Word on the streets. That's why he brought Liam Cohen back. He was. He told him, "I wouldn't. I'm not going to have a workhorse running back. I'm going to need you to come in and and design some good plays here." 
But I'm excited about Davis. I, I think he should be a nice piece. So much of this just comes back to, is the offensive line going to be ready? It, it, it will be better than last year, but that's not saying much at all. It needs to be a lot better than last year. You got to make sure Devin Leary doesn't take the same hits that Will Levis took last year. And you got to make sure that he's going to have time to let Dane Key and Barry and Brown get open so he can sling it on to them. Man, uh, TJ. And if Ray Davis is going to have any success at all, you got to be able to open up some holes for him. I am, I am not a college football guy. You know that. It's one of my least favorite sports, but you've got me jacked up on this Friday. I'm ready for college football. Yeah, I think that was one of the sexiest football segments we've ever done. Right? Don't, who needs a Roush? Who needs that was a lot of. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks to Justin <laughs> Rowland for that article. That was fun. That was a good summer article. Uh, we need to come back. We're going to need to switch on over to basketball. We need to talk a little basketball recruiting. The Cats are going to be playing in Canada very soon. Got some updates there. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Roll Radio. Keith Walker and Justin Kalen. Hour number two coming up next. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen on your Friday morning. We appreciate you listening. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. And we've got a lot more to get to in hour number two. I do have an AU Peach Jam UK basketball thing to get to, but let's get to some text messages, Scoots. Let's do it. I'm ready. The text line is quiet today. We'd like to hear from you on the text line. We get some people can't call in. We'd like to hear from you on the text line, though. But sometimes texts create more texts. Got a sometimes Canadian texter. Just, we do have a Canadian texter. Very That's exciting. exciting. Yeah. They, they, they extra for that text message. <laughs> uh, let me get it all scrolled up here. Texter says, Scooch, what position did you play in baseball? And when did you bat in the order? Oh, man. Um, I was a left fielder, and we left that out yesterday, TJ. Two-time all-county left fielder was my position in baseball, so no big deal. I was, I was pretty much left fielder for my whole career. I wanted, to, I wanted center field, but I always had somebody older above me that was in center field, so I, I had to get stuck in left, which I really learned to enjoy. And then in terms of the batting order, man, I was – it was it, funny you bring that up because it's it was either me or Gil in the eight or nine hole every game. If Gil was in the eight hole, I was in the nine hole. If I was in the eight hole, he was in the nine hole every game because we were the two worst batters. But I was consistent. I was the bunter of the team. If coach needed a bunt down, he knew that I was the guy he could count on. So that was pretty much my role, bunt or strikeout. Wasn't very good at batting. I, I hated that was, I hated batting. That was the extent? You know – it, pretty much, yeah. It, baseball was one of those things for me, TJ, in my life that was really, really frustrating. So when I was in Little League, I was like the fastest kid. I was always lead off. I got on base almost every single time. I was like one of the best players in the league. And then we get to high school, and it just 
I don't know if it was the like pressure of everything or the way we practiced or my coach or what it was, but I just did not enjoy baseball anymore in high school. And that's that's where the whole golf thing comes in. I wish I would have dropped out of baseball my freshman year of, of high school and switched to golf because I'd be a lot better golf now and I would have probably had more fun, although I did have some fun times in high school. I mean, we were we were number one in the state my junior year for like a month straight. That was a lot of fun. That is, that is pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were like, I want to say we were like 16. We started the season 16-0, and 0, and then we lost our first. I want to say we were like 20-1 and 1 at one point. It was so much fun. Oh, that is exciting. Yeah. I always stunk at baseball, except for defensively. I was pretty solid. but um, It's hard to hit the ball. It is hard to hit the ball. It is hard to hit the ball. There's a big confidence factor that goes into it as well. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've said the same. If I could go back, like I was playing basketball every summer. I was playing basketball all the time. I, I wish I would have just been like, hey, basketball's fun, and you're, you're, you're good, and you play hard, and that's exciting. But go golf. You're going to be golfing a lot more than you're going to be hooping when you're in your 30s. And that number, you know, if it was a graph, one is going way, 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 way down. And one is going up, which yeah. is exciting, too. But, uh, yes, I, I will be expressing that to my kid, maybe someday kids. Hey, oh, like, you, hey, you making you an can... announcement? Live announcement on KRC? No, no live announcement. Oh. But we've always wanted more than just one kid. So someday in the future, uh, it could be a, a possibility. But that, that being said, uh, I'm going to express to them that, like, hey, field hockey's great. Volleyball, volleyball's good too because you can play that into your older age as sure. well. Yeah. If I ever have a son and he's a big football player, it's like, now if you can make a career out of this or you can get a scholarship for it, that's one thing. But if you're just, you know, a good player, not amazing, you like it, but you're not overly in love with it, get into golf. Get into golf. You'll be happier when you're older, when you're shooting in the lows to mid to high 70s come on versus uh 115 or 120 <laughs> whatever my brother considers a good day so five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the thornton's text a lot of texture says honestly L schedule is so horrific that it of course they should have optimism going into the season it's really so bad says one texture it is so bad it's really the opposite of the UK schedule. Like, For sure, yeah. UK playing one of its toughest schedules, I think, maybe in program history, and it maybe only gets tougher from here on out for UK. Uh, and U of L playing easily their, without question, their easiest ACC schedule they've ever had, and they've probably had some American Athletic Conference schedules schedules that were easier, maybe Big East. Big East always had some good teams, though, or would always have at least a couple good teams. Uh, it's a really, I mean, it's not a great schedule. And But if you're U L and you're so sick of losing in pretty much every sport and you finally have some optimism and reason to get excited for football, I wouldn't give one rat's fart about the schedule being easy. Do you think I wouldn't get I wouldn't care about rival fans like, you know, poking and prodding about how easy the schedule is. I'd love it. I'd say I hope we good. I hope it's easy like this every single year and we get a ton of wins. <laughs> Do you think the ACC did this as a favor to Jeff Brom to make him look like a great coach first year in the conference? Looks makes yes, them look I, better? Exactly. I think that we need to look into that, Scoots. <laughs> Tampering.
an inside an inside job. <laughs> uh, L's toughest game. They have Notre Dame coming to their place. You know, at Pittsburgh is not incredible. That that's easier than like UK game, UK's game at South Carolina. Uh, they go to Miami. That would probably be pretty comparable to UK's game to Mississippi State. And those are the games that UK fans are like, we got to find ways to win those. Those are the ones. Those are the winnable ones. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they they will play Kentucky, which hopefully UK will be ranked at that time. But it may be tough to be ranked at that time, given the schedule at the back half there for Kentucky football. But yeah, it's a it's an easy schedule. But if you're a UVL fan, you got to love it. You got to embrace it, and you got to hope that you can do some damage. Because on the flip side, if you go you go six and six or like seven and five it's not really gonna halt. it's not gonna halt the momentum or it's not gonna like get the braum era in an unwinnable spot but it's gonna i think it's gonna make some fans question like is this a home run home run is this gonna be the Candyland future that we thought it was gonna be and that won't be good news no no one but i i think eight and four is u of l's basement Next texter says, why is TJ pronouncing Saga like a sociopath? Saga, Sega, Sega. Yeah, you always say Sega. Saga, Saga. Saga is how you say it. Yeah, Saga. Oh, which one do I say? You say Saga. Sega? Saga. Saga? Saga. Saga. Do you like Saga? Saga is how you say it. Well, you can say it different ways. No. Saga is not correct. Gif, Jif. Taylor Swift. Ta- Taylor Swift's in her Eras tour. Her next is her Sega tour. <laughs> Thought the initial report on Beisner said that he was staying through July. Maybe that was it. And that very well could be it too. It makes sense. Hey, get through this summer, and then you know, once the season starts, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, you go your own different direction. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't know what the deal is there, but. I wish UK could convince him to stay, but I don't think that's probably going to happen. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, the Reds have only won two playoff games since 1998. That's last in the MLB, two in all caps, says the texter. That text well, makes, that text makes me really sad. They won yesterday. They did. Four straight. Swept the Nationals. No big deal. Now we got that series with the Brewers coming up. That's going to be a lot of fun. I, I will be locked in this weekend to that series. That actually is no big deal sweeping the Nationals. No, it's it's really not. No, they're they're not good. The Nationals are twenty four and a half games out of first place. But the Reds, I mean, that win yesterday was really impressive because they came back not once but twice in that game. They were down, I want to say they were down two one, came back yeah, tied they it. They were down three two, came back and tied it, and then found a way to win in extras. Nick Senzel. Hit a two-run homer. That's the guy who's been mentioned as being on the trade block for the Reds, for all the Reds fans. So he's he's kind of showing out. I think that's his second homer this week. So he's playing really well. Good for the Reds. I'm excited. It's, it's, God, exciting I'm excited. Stuff. So we got the All-Star game next week. Uh, yes. Yes, we do. Used to absolutely love the All-Star game. What's your favorite event? I, I just loved the game back when I was a kid. Okay. You, you don't We'd get always, in, you don't get into the, in any of the other events. No, I mean the home run derby is the best now. I disagree. The, the game is the game is well, no, it's not an opinion; it's fact. <laughs> the ga- the game itself is just worthless. Ever since they took out home field advantage yeah. for the AL and L, it's just it's stupid. The home run derby, though, they have actually found a formula that's exciting. It's fun. It's fun it to is, bet yeah. on. 
uh, it makes for makes for good TV. They've they've got that figured out. It took them some time, but they've got that figured. I'm out. big on the uh, celebrity softball game. That's that's my favorite yeah. All Star event. I love that watching is, that. That's fun too. When I was a kid, though, we'd always we would play ba- like pick up baseball in our front yard, and then after we were done playing, we'd come inside, play Texas. We'd have a Texas Hold'em poker tournament. We'd probably order pizza or whatever unhealthy junk food, and then we'd just have the All Star Game on in the background. And That's a fun were, night. The, oh yeah, it was a kid. Like that was an annual thing for probably like it seemed like six summers. It was probably really only like two or three or four. Wait, but, so what was the earliest of those summers? Like, what I'm trying to figure out what age did you start playing Texas Hold'em? I, I started playing Texas Hold'em pretty young. I think I was in fifth grade. Okay, yeah. So same with me. Yeah, I was about nine or ten when I started playing. Yeah, I I remember I remember my us getting dropped off at a, a Texas Hold'em poker tournament, and I was just like, I even then I was like, eh, I I probably should just be more focused on going and playing golf. Wait, like at like an actual place you went to a tournament? Well, like a, like a like a uh, it was a guy's hat. It was like a one of my brother's friends' friends. It was like a fr- friends by association, and they were having this huge tournament, and I went. I think I was like the youngest kid there did horrible <laughs> and got out so early that I think my parents had to come pick me up separate than the rest of my family. <laughs> See me and my best buddy, Jake, we, uh, we started playing poker. We, we started out like playing in his garage. We have some friends over and play and we would play for like five bucks. I mean, looking back at it now, it's like, that seemed like so much money, but now it's not, but we would always, so me and Jake were always really good. Um, I feel like all either one of us would win every time. So we had this false sense of confidence. We strolled into, I want to say we were maybe 13, 14 years old. We strolled into the VFW, who was having a massive, massive poker tournament in similar situation, TJ. We were out so freaking quick. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was much older this go around, but I played in a blackjack tournament on one of my cruise ships uh-huh. and I had never played in a blackjack tournament before. I didn't even know what it was. I like learned literally on the fly. Uh, and then I, I went out very quickly, but I, I thought that was fun. I'd love to do another blackjack tournament sure. someday. I don't think I've ever done one since. Blackjack's fun. Yeah, but have you ever done a blackjack tournament? I have not. No, no. It's basically like a time limit and it's just, you know, whoever can win the most money in that time limit. Well... You know, I've done some sort of tournament out at French Lick. I don't think it was black. It was a slot tournament. That's what it was. Yeah, that's the only we, tournament I've played in. We we need to go up there and uh, do a little golf at, at French Lick. Let's do it. That'd be fun. And maybe we could hit up Salsaritas for lunch. Two Ooh. locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Middletown has a drive-thru. St. Matthews, no drive-thru, but it is conveniently located right there off Hubbard's, right by the, the railroad track. They've got a covered patio. Today would be a beautiful day to have lunch out there on the patio. It's Friday. Let loose. This week has been weird with the holiday. You're not working. Very weird. Enjoy and Treat yourself to a nice, delicious lunch at Salsaritas. Download the app. It'll save you time. It'll save you money. They're always giving away good goodies on the app. Nachos, free salsa, stuff like that. Uh, and then you always save money, too, when you use the app at Salsaritas. Yeah. Okay. Just to uh, tell you how weird of a week it's been, I was leaving work yesterday, and my manager looked at me, and he was like, you're here tomorrow, right? And I was like, no. And he's like, what day is it? And I was like, tomorrow's Friday. And he was like, oh, yeah, you're not here. 
<laughs> so he thought it was like Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> a texter on the Thornton's text line says, that is that is crazy about the Reds only winning two playoff games. That is, so. yeah. Hate seeing these closet fans that haven't watched a baseball game since Ken Griffey Jr. played come out and start beating their chest over a hot summer team. I'm over it, says one texter. Wow. I think that was the same Reds text, uh, two, two texters from the – Two texts from the same texter regarding the Reds. It is – I can never remember the Reds being hotter, ever. And no. they, they have had good seasons in our lifetime. Not many, but they have had some. But I – I mean, we have – They're not being, like, mean or nasty or self-loathing or anything like that. Everybody's, everybody's happy. I don't know that we've ever had a stretch of, what is it, 20 of 24 wins or 19 of 23, whatever it is. That's insane. And, and just think, what would this run have been without the freaking Scott Satterfield first pitch? Be 22 of 23. Loser. Does it ever get to a point where it's like, and I know it's it's more than just him. It's a, It really is a team effort from the whole Cincinnati Reds. But will it get to a point where it's like, why did they take so long to get Ellie De La Cruz up here? And maybe if you got him up here sooner, they're, they're this – the stretch would have even been more impressive. No, because Roush brought it up a, like a month or two ago. It was it was all contractual. I mean, it, you bring him up earlier, then you've got to pay him more in the long run. And yeah, it, it, they they did what they were supposed to do. I mean, it's it's not just Ellie. You you said it. It's a team effort, and it's it's all these guys that are putting it together. But Ellie has been a wonderful addition. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. Um, that makes that makes sense, but if they end up like missing out on it by a couple games, you, they're going to be paying this dude a ton anyways. Yeah, but twenty yeah. other twenty last four. I think they started like what twenty one and twenty eight, and they're twenty eight and ten since that start. That's amazing. Those lines. Amazing. Uh, yeah, they they have been completely and totally in fuego. Uh, I, I will wonder though, like if they start losing, if they go and because they, they will, like they're oh, it's yeah. baseball. They're yeah. they're going to have a slump at some point. I will be curious the fan reaction when that happens. Uh, also going to be interested to see, are they going to be buyers, scoots? Or are they going to bring in any pitching help? They have to. They absolutely have to. And this series with the Brewers this weekend is huge. I mean, we're, we're two games up on them right now. So win, win one of them, and you're still tied for the division lead at the end of the week. So A texter on the Thornton text line. This is Kirby. Hey, Kirby. Hope you're doing well. Anything better than America potentially going from a platform that is getting rid of censorship to a guy that has proven to be on board with censoring one political party and very agenda-driven? Scoots, your thoughts? I have none. I did see Elon yesterday post on Twitter that Threads absolutely sucks. That was funny. Well, if, if Elon says it, <laughs> then it must really stink. He's definitely not biased in that conversation. I, I, I've thought more about the thread stuff. It, it is wild to me. It's like, first off, I don't see too many people that are hitting their tweet limits, their tweet limits on the old tweeter. Maybe the, all those people have already left and gone on over to threads. But I don't think that's like a common thing that's happening. Could be wrong about that. But secondly, Scoots, to just go to like a, a brand new platform that clearly doesn't have their stuff together, which you can make a case that Twitter doesn't have their stuff together. Why, won't the, why wouldn't those people have just been like, I'm going back to Facebook. I'll be posting all my content moving forward on Instagram. I just don't know why they'd rush to a new Twitter light 
when Twitter exists and there's already proven social media platforms that they can use, maybe already are established on, I don't know why so many people were like, well, I'm going to go start afresh in threads with a place that has zero community, but let's all just hope it builds. When there's like, why, why wouldn't those people have just gone to Facebook? Like been like, I'm going back to Facebook. Catch me there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, maybe it's because they want to be like the cool kid. You know, like the people, the first ones on the app are like the cool ones. When you can go back and say, hey, Thread started in 2023. Guess what year I started? 2023. I mean, it's kind of like that with me with Facebook. I mean, I was on it pretty early, and now it's to the point where I don't want to delete it because I've been on it for so long. Yeah, I... Maybe, maybe they just wanted to be the cool kids. I did see a bunch of people that were like, I need to go save my handle over on threads just in case it takes off. I don't plan on posting anything over there, checking it out at all. But if it does, I need my Twitter handle or I need my handle. Crazy. I need my specific handle. Otherwise, it won't be good. Like they got to be perfect. I did hear Rutherford's on threads. (laughs) Yeah, we predicted that Rutherford would be on threads. (laughs) We did, yeah. Yeah, he is. Um I just that that was that was weird to me how many so many people just rushed on over to a brand new platform when there's already established platforms just because because why scoops that's what I want to know because why because it's the new hip cool thing that's what I that's my answer I'm sticking to it let's hope uh, Zuckerberg doesn't build any bridges or Where, so like who owns this app because it's like being promoted on like Instagram. Yeah, it's a. It even says it's like Threads, an Instagram app on it, an Instagram uh, it, text it, app. So I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't. it's uh, it's Zuckerberg. Okay. Yeah, I didn't look into it yesterday, but I did see that it was like, yeah, the Instagram text app, and I was like, well, what the hell? That okay. And not that every app doesn't already do this, but it it will take all of your personal data if you oh, don't yeah. turn that stuff. If you don't take if you don't turn that stuff off, um, but the every you know. All those apps do that. So many people are unaware of all that stuff, myself included. This is from Kirby. And heads up, I use Twitter often and I haven't used up my limits yet. Also, do I need to look at a at 6,000 damn tweets a day instead of living my life? Great that point. was also another funny aspect of it. It's just like, <laughs> you guys are complaining that you can't access a website that you all have determined sucks so badly and you're mad that you can't like see more content from that website. So you're so mad that you can't see more content from that website. You're going to go to a brand new website where you can see unlimited content, although there's zero content there. <laughs> Help me make sense of that. 6,000 is a lot. I, I, I can't even get through 600. I can't imagine looking at 6,000 tweets a day. Yeesh. Texture says, watching fireworks and being concerned about how much money they cost is the plot of the next saving you from becoming your parent progressive <laughs> commercial. And if we had stuff to give away on the text line, that would be the one where you Absolutely. That's a good one. And that'd be a great, like, I can see the commercial, too. Like, you get a couple and they're looking out their window and they're like, man, that is quite the show. Probably spent a fortune. How much do you think? And then they could like spin it into, well, not as much as you'd save by switching to progressive. <laughs> and then like one of the Roman candles shoots at their window. Those parent commercials are so freaking funny. The elevator one gets me every time. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. The, the progressive's done a great job with that. Jordan Burks has been here for like three weeks and he says he's memorized every one of Cal's lines and I 1000% believe him. 
Yeah, I, I listened to some of those interviews. I, I was impressed by Jordan Burks, just all, all around. Uh, he did say that he knows all the Calisms. Also, don't doubt that that's potentially true as well. And I, we need to get to basketball. I've got one basketball team take that I need to express because it's very intriguing to me. And then there's a recruiting thing that is not the most interesting thing in the world, but I thought it would be a pretty good radio topic. We may or may not have time for that. But I definitely want to get to the team note before we send off for the rest of the weekend. And we'll be back Monday, full crew. Roush will be back 7 a.m. But we got one final segment coming up. We're going to talk basketball. We're going to finish the Thornton's text line. We're going to have a lot of fun. This is KRC on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, Driving in your car, speed too fast to feel like I was drunk. City lights lay out before us and your heart felt nice wrapped around my shoulder and I had a feeling that I belong. I had a feeling I could be someone, be someone, be someone. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. The only thing I've learned in the last two hours is that American men love drinking beer, pee too often and have trouble getting erections. Welcome back. One final segment of the week. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen. Nick Roush out on a party. And we'll be partying on September 1st at Elk Run for the second annual Big X Golf Scramble. Email bigxscramble at yahoo.com if you want to save your spot today. We'll be doing the show out there from 7 to 9. Then we'll be hitting the links. Scramble, shotgun start. Going to be a good time. And then. Supposedly, Mike Rutherford's going to be doing his show out there at 3 o'clock, L's first game of the season. That Friday night, uh, he'll be leading his show into that game. That's going to be a lot of fun as well. So we'd love to see you out there. We're going to have a great day. Friday, September 1st, email bigxscramble at yahoo.com. All right, uh, here's the basketball thing I want to get to. I... I actually think we're going to see some like Justin Edwards at the four, at oh. least in Canada. Well, that's kind big. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Like Isn't... I just, it, it passes the smell test. Enough people are saying it. Enough people are talking about it where it's not just like, it's not just lip service. I think there's actually some truth to this. I think you're going to see Justin Edwards at the four. And I'm excited by that because We've been wanting, at times, Cal to play some small ball and have a little bit more versatility at that position. And Justin Edwards is Mr. Versatility in that regard. I don't think he'll be able to guard fours. I hope to be wrong about that. Supposedly, he's been doing a good job in practice. So I'm just talking out my Against butt on the that. arrow? I'm, I'm, what's that? Against the arrow? Um, again, like, like Who's, who's he bodying up in practice at the four? He's been guarding, supposedly, you got us some. That that doesn't impress me. What doesn't impress you? What part of it doesn't impress you? I mean, I, 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 you all know my feelings on you, Gunn. I talked about it earlier this week. But in regards to this, like, he, isn't he only going to play the four because Bradshaw's out? Like, so there's, I don't, I don't see a reason to get excited about it. To not get excited about what? Him playing the four? Yeah, because, I mean, I, I just don't think when the season rolls around, that's where he'll be playing. 
I get I get being excited about watching him in Canada play at the four, but I just don't know if it'll actually be like that in the regular season when Bradshaw's back. I don't know if it'll be like that either once once Bradshaw returns or if he doesn't return or if it takes him longer to get back. Potentially, you also have Trey Mitchell as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if it ends up happening either. I just wanted to be able to see it because if it works and it looks good, then I don't know how you're not going to be able to do that. I think you would have to try it a little bit. If, it, if, if you do it in Canada and he plays really well and it's not out of position and he's not getting banged around and he's able to rebound at a decent clip, I don't think Justin Edwards is going to be UK starting for for the for the season but in pinches if you want to put him at the four and you put Bradshaw at the five or you switch Trey Mitchell at the five and you really want to go small ball then you should be able to fly with that lineup and while again I don't know how it would look defensively but Wagner Dillingham Reeves Edwards and then Mitchell or Bradshaw at the five that offensively would be Cal's best UK lineup that he's ever had and I haven't seen four of those guys play basketball in a UK jersey. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be insane. It would be insanely fun to see. And you're going to probably get, with the exception of Bradshaw at the five, but you could see Trey Mitchell at the five. You're going to get probably a glimpse of that in Canada. I'm excited about it. I think that's fun. You always hear about, like, these positions and stuff like that, and most of the time you just roll your eyes to it. But I think we are actually legitimately going to see Justin Edwards play some four ball in Canada, and I think that's cool because if it works, then hopefully we could see a little bit of, of it during the regular season. If it doesn't work, then boom, we know there won't be any mystery about it. So uh, I'm pumped about that. Taking that was one of my biggest takeaways from some of these interviews is that like you're legitimately going to see Justin Edwards play some small ball four. And that will be intriguing to see if that works out or not. Yeah, when you put it like that in terms of him coming in for like relief situations or whatnot, playing the four makes sense. But yeah, I just I don't I don't know how much you'll see it actually in the regular season. So that's I'm just a little hesitant on it. But I'm glad that you're excited for it. Very excited for it, Scoots. I hope you can tell. <laughs> uh, it should be a lot of fun. We'll get basketball here sooner rather than later. And Wild. that is very, very cool. Text on into the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. My other recruiting the the Peach Jam's going on, Scoots. Everybody's mm-hmm. talking about it. Uh, one thing that I found interesting about all that is that NBA, and and I think maybe they did this last year. I don't think this is their first year doing it, but it may be. But NBA, like NBA TV, NBA.com, they're covering Peach Jam wow. as if it's like an NBA combine sort of deal. So I just found that fascinating that NBA has dove all in, and even if it's not brand new to this year, that they're diving all in with like high school AU basketball and NCAA is still just so kind of hands-off of the whole thing. It's another kind of missed opportunity from the NCAA, if we're being honest. But it does make me wonder, like, what the NCAA – or what the NBA's next step is. And they've tried to create some, like, rival leagues to college to get get them in NBA systems sooner and quicker. But I, I wonder what their next step is because they are big on AAU – Cooper Flag, if you haven't heard this guy, he's a, a a player from Maine, but he plays in Florida now. Uh, he is insane. He's class of 2025, so should be going into his junior year. He'll reclassify. He'll be 2024. 
a lot of people think he'll either go to Duke or potentially just play professional basketball somewhere and get paid a ton of money. But he's just been putting on an absolute show. Kentucky has watched him, I believe, but I don't think they they seem to be necessarily a player there, which is disappointing. But he is insane. Six foot eight, 200 pounds, and uh, he can do it all on both ends of the floor. Everybody's talking about him. Uh, a guy that UK is more involved with is a fella named Trey Johnson. And again, I hope UK would go get Cooper Flag, but I don't think it's going to happen. But Trey Johnson, another really great player. He's the number one shooting guard in 2024. He's wanted by pretty much all the big boys. This is going to be a tough recruitment for UK. But some UK fans in a recent interview that he did with Zag's blog are upset with some of his quotes here, Scoots. Let's hear him. When talking about Kansas, he said, I could come in and I could gel with the team and try to win the NCAA tournament. I could also be one of their guards that goes to the NBA. For UK, he says, I could be one of their one-and-done players, one of their guys that comes in there for eight months, and then I go pro and I develop in the NBA. Mm, so what do you want? You want to get to the NBA or you want to win a championship? That's what UK fans are upset about. Some. Some UK fans are saying, oh, see, this is what Cal's done to this program. He only, The recruits only care about the NBA when talking about Kentucky. Good grief. But for Kansas, they talk about winning the, the ultimate goal. Folks, just shut. Just stop. Don't stop getting worked up. Stop getting worked up. Don't you want Trey Johnson to come to Kentucky, regardless of what their pitches are? Don't you want him? It, that I, I promise you that that what he's saying is an appealing pitch to recruits. And secondly, what I promise is that he is probably sick of giving interviews. He's sick of having to go through the list of all his favorite colleges and and give spill the beans on all of them. The the old and you get a lot of this at Peach Jam. The old all right, you you'd recently cut your list down to 6. Can you just give me a, a few sentences on each of the schools and why you like them? Oh my gosh, the players absolutely hate those questions. They hate them more than anything. It's just a waste of time to them. They've been asked about these schools for years now at this point, for the most part. And now you're just giving them an open-ended essay form style question to go through the list and say, they're just wanting to get out as quickly as possible. So I don't, I wouldn't put too much stock into his answer to begin with, but if you do, players want to be pros. They want to go to a place where they're told they can come in and be developed to be ready for the NBA and go and get there as soon as possible. They like that stuff. I get it that in a perfect world, you'd get somebody that would say, well, my my great-grandpappy grew up watching Rupp's Runts, and just the tradition of UK basketball has always been in our blood. I've always wanted to be a Wildcat and compete for a national championship uh, and stay all four years, as a matter of fact. I don't, I don't, I don't plan on going to the NBA. This is my ultimate dream. You're, that, no, you're not going to do that. You don't want that. You're not going to. That's not a reality. So don't get worked up about this, UK fans. And hope that you can get Trey Johnson. He's playing for an AAU program UK's had a ton of success with. So hopefully that that can continue there. He's really good. Uh, Jasper Johnson, a Kentuckian, he's getting a lot of love as well. Where'd as he go? I heard he transferred yesterday. 
Yeah, I forget where he ended. Where he's gonna? He's going to, uh, but he's gonna play for a prep school. Let me look it up for you. I've got it. He's going you to Link Link Academy is where he's going. Link Academy? Yeah, never heard of it. Where's Where's that? Uh, looks like it's in. Oh no, he's from Versailles. Um, it's a great question. I'll have to look look into that. Ooh, Kentucky Sports Radio said that it was. Uh, Prep Powerhouse Link Academy. Makes me think I should probably know that. Link Academy is in Branson, Missouri. Hey, that's beautiful this time of the year. How did they get in? How did they end up? What? Is this real? Yeah. There's a basketball powerhouse academy in Branson, Missouri. It's got a very, um, what was the school in Ohio? Oh, uh, there's a lot of schools. The fake Ohio. football program. What, what did we call that? Oh, yeah, Bishop Sycamore. Yeah, it's, it's got a very Bishop Sycamore feel to it. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> it kind of does. Let's get back to this Thornton text line, 502-414-1450. 502-414-1450. It'll be cool to get Jasper Johnson to go from Versailles over to Lexington to play his ball. That, w- that would be nice. Uh, Texter says, the line about Chuck Martin leading recruiters, recruiting strategy kind of sounds like a demotion for Orlando and Chin. So, interesting thing out of for UK basketball yesterday – it's it weird times sometimes with radio and UK basketball because news will come out and break and we'll talk about it and we'll discuss it and we'll talk it to death. And then UK will basically like confirm the news five days later, a week later, however long later. And then it's like, wait, do we rehash all the same conversations that we already had on Chuck Martin filling the last assistant spot? Uh, no, we don't for that matter. But we do break down a couple different things. One, funny enough, David Sisk saw Cal and Chuck Martin like having an intimate conversation, uh, I think like a couple months ago. And uh, that was kind of, well, I wonder what they're doing. I wonder what they're talking about. And then yesterday, I forget who it was. It was Brandon Ramsey, another, another recruiting guy on the UK beat. He saw Chuck Martin at a recruiting event in UK gear, but UK hadn't made the news official yet. Oh. So I think he like tweeted it out there, and it basically forced UK's hand to be like, okay, well, if he's out recruiting for us and he's in UK gear, we need to make this stuff official. So they made it official, and yeah, he's in charge of everything when it comes to recruiting, Scoots. He is the, the head honcho for recruiting. Chuck Martin coming down from Oregon. He's been with Calipari before. Hmm. Maybe a demotion for for Chin and Orlando, but if you remember what we told you on Kentucky Roll Call, when everybody was kind of freaking out about the state of the basketball program and when everything was super quiet, I I think that there was some uh, disorganization. I don't think Chin and and Orlando were the most organized with kind of running the show recruiting. So, Texture, I think you're spot on to to talk about that. Uh, He is going to be the recruiting coordinator. He's going to handle basically any and everything when it comes to recruiting. The exact wording from UK is he's going to be tasked with providing strategies to help advance the program while offering additional counsel on all aspects of the program, including including recruiting, scouting, player development, special projects. As recruiting coordinator, he will independently manage official and unofficial visits and will be responsible for all recruiting strategy for the basketball program. So, yes, he is your top dog when it comes to recruiting. Looks like a smart guy. 
You have no idea. You, you have oh, no I don't. Idea. I don't know anything about Chuck Martin, but looking at his pictures, he looks like a smart guy. He's he's got the glasses. Anybody who wears glasses is considered pretty smart to me. I, I just uh, I, I do texture. I think you're spot on. Good good catch there. I think that was kind of UK's way of saying like, and you can't get too mad at Orlando and Chin because UK's been recruiting well. They're they brought in one of maybe Cal's best class ever. But I do think there was a little disappointment in organization of how things were being handled in the program. And I think Chuck Martin's coming in to clean it all up. A texter says, TJ, do you have a win total that you recommend betting for college football other than the football Wildcats? Uh, no, I would probably take UFL's win total to, over, to be honest with you. But over? no, I don't. Uh, maybe I can find something, on, find something before the show ends. You would take over eight and a half for Louisville? Is it? Is that the number? It's, I'm pretty sure it's eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like eight, I feel really good about. If they get nine, it means they got to win one of Miami, Notre Dame, Kentucky, and what was the other semi-challenging one? I think that's at it. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. So they'd have to win one of those four to get nine without dropping anywhere any of the other ones along the way. And we know it's not going to be the Cats. Woo! That's right, Scoots. You said it, buddy. Uh, what do we got next on the Thornton's text line? Oh, this is the long one from the Canadian listener. Canadian listener here. Bummed out the Roll Call boys aren't making the trip to Toronto next week, but excited nonetheless to see this year's team in action. I have tickets to Thursday's game versus Canada, and I'm thinking I will attend Saturday's game as well. My wife or my fiance just doesn't know it yet. To answer some of your questions from yesterday regarding where to watch the games on TV, Sportsnet. Sportsnet has the right to Global Jam as they are showing the games on their channel here in Canada. Therefore, I don't believe it will be available anywhere on American TV. I do have a Sportsnet account. I would be willing to pass over the username and password to off-air if you guys need it. However, I am not 100% sure it will work on an American VPN. Let me know if you guys are interested in exploring this option. Wow, very interesting. Uh, I would say, first off, thanks for listening in Canada. That's very jealous. I, I really wish we would have made the trip. Different time, different place in life. Definitely would have been there. Um, but with the near two-year-old, probably just not not in the cards. But I'm jealous, and it seems like a lot of people are going to be making that trip, and I'm sure they're going to, to have a lot of fun up there. Uh, secondly, thank you for the offer. Uh, I will probably take you up on that if I have to. If I don't have a way to be able to watch UK, then definitely we'll we'll have to do something. And thirdly, I do think that like the fact that UK is not saying anything unless I've missed an announcement somewhere along the way. Do you think that's like that? That's saying something, in my opinion. I, it may, and what it's telling me is UK doesn't know yet, or they're still trying to scramble. They're still trying to get. I's dotted and T's crossed to make sure that it can go off without a hitch. But I think it, I think they, they I'm not saying to panic when it comes to how we're going to watch UK yet next week, but I don't think it's been settled on UK's end. And that's a little worrisome. Or is it one of those things, TJ, though, where they're playing under the USA umbrella? So Kentucky maybe doesn't feel an obligation to say where it's going to be streamed? Or they no. maybe they can't? No, no, they okay. can. And they will. I just don't. Now, you, what you could be onto something there is like maybe USA Basketball has their own rules or broadcasting rights, and UK can't just like say, "Well, we'll get the SEC Network up there for us," uh, because maybe UK or Global Jam would or UK 
USA or Global Jam would say, well, technically our our sponsors, our partners, similar to what this texture is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see, though. I, I have a hard time believing it's not going to be streamed or shown in some capacity, somewhere, some way. A texter says, John here. Happy TJF morning to all. Hey, Justin, can we make a friendly side adjustment to our wager? Oh, boy. A side adjustment wager to our wager. Right now, we have a win total set on over under 31. Of course, I have the over, so I'm thinking the Cats go undefeated in Canada. I get to take the win total and move it to over 30. If the Cats lose one game, I have to move it to over 32. So is it a deal? Well, got to go. Talk to you later. Man, John, I I am not a fan of this at all, but you know what, pal? Let's do it. Forget it. Let's do it. If, if you can remember the details of this deal, I'm in. John here again. I agree with the texter when it comes to the hot or cold team in baseball before the All-Star break. After the All-Star break, the real season starts. Teams get healthier and make some moves are made right before the trade deadline. I'd rather be lukewarm than hot right now. That's why I'm not worried about where the Yankees are. Well, got to go talk to you later. John, that's silly that you'd rather be lukewarm than hot right now. And you should be worried about where the Yankees are. They are struggling. They got smoked by the Orioles last night. I didn't even see the final. Let me look at that real quick. It was like 13 nothing last I saw. They're still, unfortunately, over three games on top of the Red Sox. Although, if the Red Sox were in the AL Central, they'd be tied for first right now. So, got to count for oh. absolutely nothing. 14-1, to one, the Orioles beat the Yankees last night. Put up 20 hits. Yikes. By the way, texture on the college football win total bet. Uh, Ohio State over 10.5 seems like a good bet. If they if they go eleven and one, you win. If they go twelve and zero, you win. Man, it's gonna be they, there. You go. Gonna be tough when they're eleven and one and their only loss is Indiana. Hey, oh, but the bet would still hit though. That's the beauty. That's true. Of it. Yeah, that is true. Texter says part of our fan base is ridiculous. They let Matt Forty Jones convince them not to be excited about next year's class. Unbelievably stupid. Well, right. I can't speak on that, but it's a really good class. It's gonna be a fun season. Forty Jones. And we get to watch it. Next week, Scoots. Woohoo! Hopefully, we get to watch it. I'm, I, I, I'll be. We're gonna get to watch it. I just we're gonna get to watch it. I'll be honest. I'm, and you know this. I'm not a Kentucky basketball fan, but if we don't get to watch these games, I will be pretty bummed out because I'm excited to see just how these guys all fit together. I'm excited to see who plays what minutes, and there's even guys like we brought up Jordan Burks earlier today. That's that's somebody we don't ever talk about in regards to this team. So he's kind of falling into that Adutiero role from last year where he's just the guy that we forget about constantly. So, yeah, I'm excited to see him play. It's going to be a lot of fun. It, it will be. And you probably are going to see everybody get minutes. And, like, people have been raving about Reed Shepard. And uh, just watching him play basketball last year, is like, this kid, this kid gets it. Like, mm-hmm. his basketball IQ is different than what some of these other guys are seeing out here on the floor. You all are going to see that in Canada. He's supposedly been really, really good in these summer workouts as well. It, it's going to be fun. It's interesting. On the wing and then the backcourt, really, I don't have too many concerns. Uh, you know, they're going to probably have an off-shooting night here or there. I don't think that's impossible, but they've got athleticism. They've got experience. They've got, uh, they've got uh, freakish talent that is going to be playing in the NBA for decades to come. Well, if you add it all together, decades. But the front court is where there's a lot of questions, and that's what we're going to probably – we're going to figure it all out in Canada. TJ – Get a sample size of it all in Canada, and that's going to be a lot of fun. One we feel good about, one we're not so sure about. 
and uh, we're going to get it blended all together. Before we wrap it up, we talked about Ray Davis being the workhorse earlier for Kentucky football. Who, in your opinion, is the workhorse for Kentucky basketball? Because I, I think it's probably Reed Shepard. The workhorse. That's a good question. I'll go with Duke the Arrow. I think he's okay. going to be the workhorse. I'm good with that, too, team. yeah. I think he's going to do everything. Uh, I, I think, you know, the thing is, like, I think that Reed Shepard's going to get more minutes than people think. But I also think Duke the Arrow's going to get more minutes than people think. And it does eventually come down to, then. all right, then who's not getting minutes? Because Dillingham's getting minutes. Wagner's getting minutes. You're going to have Justin Edwards get his minutes. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all shakes out. And next week, we get to preview it. They play on Wednesday. We'll be back full strength on Monday with Roush back in the house. Everybody have a good week. Be safe. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen. We'll see you later. You got to fight for your